It's time. Time for what, you might ask? It's time to optimize your health and upgrade your life. Cutting-edge research, biohacks, ancestral wisdom, wellness, intuition, and more. This is The Synthesis of Wellness. Your host and biohacker Chloe Porter has a background in engineering, innovation, and research. Her analytical background coupled with her journey in overcoming a brain tumor and defeating several chronic illnesses enables her to approach health and wellness in an innovative way. And now more than ever, she is ready to share her biohacking secrets and expose cutting edge research. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Today is a solo episode, so it's just me. So I've got around five things that we can kind of go over and um, just have fun with. So I'm going to start by just going over some of the updates with the Synthesis of Wellness. I've got some special things uh, coming out soon, but I can't really say too much yet. But I'm really excited. I'm excited to bring bring it forth um, to my audience um, as far as, you know, my own experience with gut health and my own journey through Lyme disease and SIRS and all the above. So <laughs> it'll be uh, really exciting and uh, stay tuned for that. So the first thing is dopamine. So let's talk about dopamine a little bit. Dopamine, you know, it makes you feel good, kind of gives you that sense of reward and motivation. So like you just, you know, accomplish something huge. You get kind of a hit of dopamine or maybe you just got an A on an exam or you climbed a mountain or you're in a marathon or which, you know, there's endorphins in there too. But um, for the sake of brevity, we're just going to focus on dopamine right now. And Case in point, you did something that made you feel good, made you feel like you accomplished something. And other things can give you dopamine hits as well. Some of these are like alcohol, you know, social media, junk food slash sweets. Um, anything that's really kind of giving you a feeling of short-term happiness that might be detrimental to your health. and. Those things, some would suggest doing what's called a dopamine a dopamine detox. Um, this can be, it can look different for a lot of different people depending on what you're trying to kind of quote unquote detox from. And you know, I usually use the word detox in relation to actual detoxification, you know, like the liver, lymphatic system, gut, all that stuff. But this is more of a... Um, a brain detox in a sense, 
And, you know, I, I know you guys get what I'm talking about here, but just, you know, how often do you set your phone down for a full half a day or a full day? Like, heaven forbid you don't look at your phone all day. That's, that honestly, and it's not even your fault. We use technology so prevalently in the workspace and in our daily lives, in connecting with friends and family. It's a great tool. But you just have to ask yourself, you know, is this something that is creating harmful scenarios for me? Is this causing me to to have stress or upregulating anxiety? And And that's just a personal question. You know, I can't answer that. But one one specific thing is social media so even even if you need your phone you know social media you know i i make content so i use social media for business however there are times when it's like okay it's blah 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 at night no more social media even if i use my phone Maybe I've got my blue light blocking glasses on, but even if I use my phone, I set the social media apps off. I don't use them. Alcohol. Me personally, I don't drink alcohol. I don't need it. I don't want it. I have too much else in my life. Um, it's nothing... I'm not saying that alcohol in the right way and possibly, you know, sustainable dry farm wines, I believe it's called, um, sustainable sources of organic, well-sourced wine can be, it has some health benefits. I'm just not into it, and that's completely fine. So that's not something I would have to do a dopamine detox for. But a lot of people, you know, maybe so. And even if you're doing a dopamine detox for like alcohol or social media or sweets, maybe you quit all three. You know, if if you don't use social media that much, but you're heavily addicted to sweets, stopping the social media for a short bit of time, even though you're not necessarily addicted, you don't really care that much, but stopping it for a short period of time while you're stopping the sweets consumption is actually going to help overall. That's why it's a dopamine detox, because you're kind of wiping all those negative triggers out of the way all at once. So we got that kind of out of the way. Along with that, you can supplement with omega-3 fatty acids. And there were several studies that showed that these did enhance brain dopamine system. So dopamine is a good thing. We just don't want to get it from negative sources, right? And we don't want to program ourselves into habits that are detrimental to our health because we're addicted to those dopamine hits. Case in point, that's it. So, okay, let's go on to what are some things that can decrease dopamine in general? You know, sleep deprivation, that's a big one. And it's so basic. We forget about the basics, inactivity, uh, chronic stress, even uh, chronic inflammation decreases dopamine. I don't think that's a shocker because inflammation's never really a good thing. So, yeah. Noise pollution at night. 
actually decreases dopamine in a few studies, which is very interesting. And, you know, just reinforces that circadian rhythm belief that a lot of biohackers have, I have, and it's not even a belief, it's a reality. It's in several studies and it's it's something we want to start looking deeper and deeper at because it affects so much of our life, how we wake and sleep, the light and dark cycles, affects dopamine, gut health, blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on, but just no. Uh, noise pollution at night decreases dopamine. Okay, one thing that can help increase dopamine, and one study even uh, reported up to 250% increase, which is crazy, but, you know, they also went to the extreme in the study, um, was a cold plunge. Uh, there are various ways to incorporate cold therapy into your life. Even a short cold shower or turning the cold water on for the last 30 seconds of your shower can really make a difference. And it can also be an introductory cold therapy treatment if you're just kind of getting started with cold plunging in general. You know, there's uh, ice massage massages you can do. There are um, even hot and cold alternating showers you can do. Lots of stuff. So really cool uh, research on cold plunge in general and uh, especially on how much it increases dopamine. Okay, I'm going to move on from dopamine to serotonin. We usually associate serotonin with happiness, uh, calm, focus, and To hack those emotions, you have to hack the hormone that underlies it. So let's get into serotonin. Well, L-tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. It's found in many foods, especially uh, turkey, chicken, beef, pork, fish, and, you know, non-meat pumpkin seeds. And we actually, uh, you might remember people saying something like, you know, you're always sleepy after Thanksgiving or something like that because it's got a high dose of L-tryptophan in that turkey. And um, serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. So it goes L-tryptophan, serotonin, melatonin. There's some other... um, intermediates in there, but um, for the sake of brevity, just know those precursors. So if turkey makes you tired, that's possibly one reason why it might. But let's get back to serotonin. So one study claimed that 95% of serotonin, some studies claim 90%, it really depends on uh, where you're looking, that 95% was made in the gut. So the actual cells of the gut lining can secrete this serotonin hormone. And there are actually receptors on the vagus nerve, afferent nerve fibers, that then receive the serotonin and activate 
relay messages to the brain, and then the brain can regulate from there. So it literally can go from cells of gut lining, secrete serotonin, serotonin activates the receptors on the vagal nerve afferent fibers, and then that vagus nerve is a cranial nerve, so that relays the messages to the brain. So when people have this kind of unknowing perception of the gut-brain axis, that is a hardcore piece of evidence and proof as to how that system works. Um, There are lots of other ways that the gut and brain communicate, but that's one of the major highways is through that vagus nerve and serotonin is one of the major hormones that um, activates those receptors to then relay messages. So how do we increase serotonin? Well, since so much of it is made in the gut, we have to have good gut health. And also, of course, consuming foods that have that precursor L-tryptophan. Good gut health looks so different for everybody. And, you know, I could not say do this for good gut health because I don't know your history. I don't know what your microbiome profile looks like, but I do know that you can test and determine what you need and where you are at. Meaning, do you need more bacterial species? Do you need less? You know, do you have SIBO? Do you And more could be in an instance of an antibiotic exposure, um, something like that. So, so many different things there. Uh, Dysbiosis, um, leaky gut, and a lot of these guys, a lot of them go together. So, I would very much argue that if you have dysbiosis, you probably have SIBO and leaky gut as well. I, you know, I can't verify that, but It's something I would definitely test for, that's for sure. One last note on serotonin is there are several different herbs um, that are said to increase it. Uh, One in particular is called St. John's Wort. Um, Of course, you want to be careful with any herbs, any supplements in general you want to be careful with. Um, Test don't guess and work with a physician, obviously. But uh, this one was pretty potent in the research studies for increasing serotonin. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to endorphins. This should be pretty basic. Um, It provides pleasure, pain relief, good feelings, right? What are some of the key ways to increase it? Exercise. I mean, I think... You guys definitely know this, but it's it's overlooked and maybe just a gentle reminder of how much exercise can improve, you know, your mood. Um, if, if it's right for your body and you aren't feeling the best, I personally take a little jog or a little uh, workout session, something to get me, get me going, make me feel good. And then I can move on with the rest of my day. Another thing is cacao. Okay, so this is a fun one. Um, I I do love cacao. 
And I'm not necessarily talking about chocolate, um, but I'm talking about like the raw cacao. And you can get 100% cacao um, in a bar form. Um, you don't just have to get like cacao powder or cacao nibs, although I do think cacao nibs taste good. Um, in the bar form, I think it tastes good too. <laughs> it is pretty bitter, but um, you can, if you need, get it sweetened with something like um, monk fruit or stevia, which those are really the only two sweeteners I would stand behind. Um, and some even argue that those can disrupt gut health as well, but it's all in looking into your own biology there. I find that my gut does uh, very well with stevia. Okay, let's go on to oxytocin. So this one is associated with warm, fuzzy feelings, you know, the love hormone, connections, cuddling. It's a very strong stress combatant. So if you're stressed, reach out to somebody, connect, you know, it works heavily with dopamine too. So if you need to kind of use those two in synergy, do it. These are all just tools in the toolbox that you can use and see what works for you and, and do your own research, be your own biohacker. It's all cool stuff, and um, I, I just like the idea that you can biohack your emotions because what underlies the emotions is its hormones, its chemicals, its health, it's your body. Your body doesn't just decide to be a certain way or feel happy or feel sad. Yes, there are external things that make us feel that way, but there are really strong internal things that trigger those feelings. Um, and that leads us into one of the last things I want to talk about, which is neuroinflammation. This one is really near and dear to my heart because neuroinflammation is one of the hallmarks of SIRS and Lyme disease, chronic Lyme. And, and SIRS for the listeners out there, it's chronic inflammatory response syndrome, um, often brought on by mold and mold exposure, like you, you're breathing it in. But there are so many other causes and, and we glance over those. What it really is, is a biotoxin illness um, that can cause this neuroinflammation. There are several other causes of neuroinflammation as well, like even just leaky gut. Um, lots of studies associate leaky gut with leaky blood-brain barriers. And if you have a leaky blood-brain barrier, I would really argue that you have some neuroinflammation going on. Um, it's just really difficult to imagine your blood-brain barriers leaky, meaning overly permeable, without increased uh, cytokines, pro-inflammatory cytokines. Same with your gut. I mean, you're not really going to find gut inflammation without increased permeability and a leaky gut. Those things go hand in hand. So another thing, um, another few things that can cause neuroinflammation. Hidden infections, of course. We kind of already went over that with, you know, 
um, lime, mold, things like that. Hidden sources of other body inflammation. Um, you know, maybe you have inflammation in a specific organ and that can trigger neuroinflammation as well. Mental stress. Um, believe it or not, that can cause neuroinflammation just by being stressed. So, things like meditation, um, breath work, really just getting back to yourself can improve physical health. Mental health can improve physical health, and physical health can improve mental health. Uh, lastly, autoimmune disease. Of course, I believe a lot of autoimmune disease is super closely related to underlying infections. And of course, uh, leaky gut. Um, gut health is paramount for autoimmune diseases. You know, I, I certainly couldn't claim, but I would definitely suggest and make the argument that autoimmune diseases, more often than not, are caused by an underlying infection that then triggered over-permeability in the gut, and from then the cascade of inflammation kind of takes hold. And then you get neuroinflammation. <laughs> and you don't want neuroinflammation because it's super closely tied to things like depression and anxiety. Um, not only that, but the physical aspects too. So I'm a big proponent for lowering inflammation in general because it's just, it's tied to so many diseases. It's tied to so much um, mental anguish too, and we don't want that. So the key with preventing and even getting rid of neuroinflammation is root cause healing. I'm sure that's not really a shocker to my audience. Um, but also, some supplements can be short-term crutches. You know, things like ginsenosides from ginseng. Several studies uh, praise ginsenosides for reducing neuroinflammation. And I personally have used them, and I do believe that they have worked for me. I do feel even a little bit... Um, uplifted uh, following them. Like, like I can kind of tell when I'm, when my SIRS or Lyme is taking hold of me and my inflammation is increased that day or my stress is increased. I can kind of tell because <laughs> I'm not typically as happy. I don't feel as good. Let's take a quick break to talk about silver. Silver has an extensive history and has been used for many centuries for a multitude of reasons. Today, silver is available in supplemental form, but many of the products on the market use ionic silver. This is when we run into trouble. Ionic silver can bind to minerals and bioaccumulate within the body. That's why it's so important to source well, and the only company that uses silver soul technology which is a true colloidal silver, is Silver Biotics. And Silver Soul leaves the body within 24 hours. Silver Biotics has a range of products from skincare to immune support and more. And as you guys know, 
because of my battle with chronic Lyme disease and SIRS, I'm always interested in optimizing my immune system. So when it comes to my immune system, I use Silver Biotics Immune Support almost every morning. It has antimicrobial properties and is more effective at lower parts per million than other supplemental silver companies. Because of my personal experience, I reached out and am able to provide a 30% off discount to you guys too. Just go to the shop page on my website or silverbiotics.com and use code CHLOEP. Alright, let's get back to the show. Another thing that might be able to help is something called a specialized pro-resolving mediator, which is a metabolite of the normal omega-3s that we consume. So the difference here, though, is an SPM, as opposed to an omega-3, is kind of a downstream version. Like, when an omega-3 and omega-6 are both present in the body, and they're trying to be converted to either inflammatory, omega-6, or anti-inflammatory, omega-3, compounds, they use a lot of the same enzymes. And so there can be an enzymatic steal between omega-3s and 6s. And if you have an imbalance, meaning maybe you consume seed oils or too many omega-6s, then those enzymes could be stolen from the omega-3 conversion to those anti-inflammatory compounds and instead go to the omega-6 conversion to the inflammatory compounds. So by supplementing with SPMs, we're kind of bypassing that enzymatic process and getting straight to the anti-inflammatory compounds. So that is what I have for you guys today. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm really excited to see you in the next one. The content provided by the Synthesis of Wellness LLC via its podcast and domain is for informational purposes only and should not be used as medical advice or as a replacement for medical care. The Synthesis of Wellness podcast, synthesisofwellness.com, the Synthesis of Wellness LLC, and Chloe Porter disclaim responsibility from adverse effects resulting from using the content provided. Please seek and consult a licensed physician for your health and medical needs. Furthermore, Chloe Porter and the Synthesis of Wellness podcast are not responsible for the opinions of guests featured on the podcast.